be found on page 857 in the Pew Bible. 857 in the Pew Bible. Luke 2, 8 through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we consider these words, may you help us reflect upon them and their meaning and their significance for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Birth announcements are some of the most memorable and joyful announcements an announcement that a person can receive. We get excited with family, or for the family, when we hear of news of a, a little baby boy or a little baby girl being born. And we, we celebrate with the family. And we recognize that this joy, that joy comes with these moments and in these circumstances and with these announcements. They're often memorable announcements, because anymore, I don't know if you're are aware of this, but well, certainly you are. Many parents, they find out what they're having before the baby's born, right? And so what do we do? We, we, we reveal the gender in some fun way, right? Whether it's eating a piece of cake that has blue frosting in the middle or pink frosting in the middle or some creative way to identify what we're having. Well, not what we're having, but what uh, those who are having children are having. We're not having anything. This is no announcement. <laughs> it's something that typically stays with us for a while. And, and you know that not all announcements are created equal, right? The announcement of a, of a child being born is quite different than the announcements that I give on Sunday morning, right? This morning even. I needed help with one of the announcements. And they probably don't stick like others do, some announcements, and rightfully so, come with greater significance. Some are delivered with greater passion or, or zeal, and some announcements are life-changing. Some announcements that are made, some things that are proclaimed are good news. Other things that are announced might be bad news, or things that we might be indifferent 
2. Well, in our text this morning, as we continue in our Advent series and looking at the cast of Christmas, we've addressed the prophets who prepared us for the arrival of Jesus. Last week, we zoomed in on Mary and, and her song as she exalted God for his mercy toward her and toward God's people. And now we're drawn in again to the story of Christ's birth, looking at it through the eyes of the angels and the shepherds, and and the announcement, the announcement that came to these shepherds. And like the rest of the cast, it draws us into their response. And this birth announcement is like any other announcement because it is a life-changing, life-altering, good news proclamation that demands a response from us. Right? So, so let's consider now, and you see this in your outline, let's consider the angels and the shepherds. And first point is this, the proclamation of joy. Let's see, a proclamation of joy. The angels proclaim good news of great joy to the shepherds. So look with me now at verses 8 and 9. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. After the birth of Jesus, the the message of his birth is announced by an angel to these shepherds. They're out on this night. They were not far from where Jesus had been born. They're watching over their flock. They're guarding and protecting their sheep from wolves. They're simply doing their job. They're doing what they're called to do. And suddenly, this this angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord then shone around them. We're not exactly sure which angel this is. It's it's likely that this is Gabriel, who had already appeared to Zechariah and to Mary in chapter 1. Gabriel stood in the presence of God. And and what we see here as well is that the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is used in Scripture to identify that God's presence was there. God was with his people. And it demands their attention and their respect. The focus is not on the angels, but on God's presence and the message that the angel will be proclaiming. God's glory, God's presence was, was normally located in the tabernacle. We call this from the Old Testament. It's normally located in the tabernacle and then the temple. But now it's revealed to these shepherds out in a field where the shepherds are doing their job. This, this is surprising. What's also surprising, if you had heard this for the first time, which we actually aren't, don't, aren't surprised by this because we know who God is, we know God. It's that the angel is appearing to shepherds. The angel is appearing to shepherds. Normally, a birth of a king, a leader, would be announced to rulers, to high-ranking officials or priests or kings. As you may know, shepherds in that day, were, they were not viewed in a positive light. But when we read the Old Testament, several prominent people in Israel's history were shepherds. We might think of Abraham or David as two examples. Shepherds are are mentioned in a positive light in the New Testament, right? Jesus is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep. 
Elders are called shepherds in a spiritual sense. They lead, guide, protect, and care for God's flock, the church. But at this point in history, in general, being a shepherd was considered a lowly, despised occupation. It's been observed they were not respected by those in society. They were, they were not permitted to testify in court because they were thought to be dishonest and lack credibility. They were considered uneducated, unskilled, and unreliable. Because of their job, they were, they were considered ceremonially unclean, according to the law. They're at the bottom of the social ladder. One writer states it like this. The only people lower than shepherds at that particular time in Jewish history were lepers. Shepherds, lepers. So they're considered outcasts by many. What we learn here is that the angel proclaims the birth of Jesus to ordinary and lowly people, which fulfills in some sense the reality of the Song of Mary, right? We recall this from last week, that God has brought down the mighty from their thrones and he has exalted those of humble estate. And isn't it just like God to work and display his glory to the lowly, the outcast, the despised, the weak, in order that his name might be glorified in order that his name would be, receive all honor and glory, that attention would be drawn to God and not to us. You see, the birth of this child was good news for all. And notice the proclamation that's made in verses 10 through 12. It's a proclamation of joy. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Initially, the shepherds, when confronted by the reality of the angel, they're frightened. They're terrified. They're, they're filled with great fear, and, and, and rightly so. This was the same response we saw, similar response we saw from Zechariah and from Mary. But their fear now is turned to joy. A message of joy is proclaimed to these lowly shepherds. The angel proclaims good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The words of the angel are proclaimed not only for shepherds, but for all of us. The announcement to the shepherds reveals that the gospel, the good news of the Savior, proclaimed to us is not tied to our earthly status or circumstances. The angel appearing to these shepherds proclaiming good news of great joy for all people is not dependent upon one's status, position, wealth, rank, or prestige. All people, whether Jew or Gentile, whether slave or free, whether wealthy or poor, have access to receive this good news of Jesus Christ. All. Are you poor? A child has been born. A Savior has been born. Are you wealthy? A Savior has been born. Are you overwhelmed by sin? A Savior has been born. 
Have you lost hope? A Savior has been born. That's the content of the good news. Right? We see here the, the content of this good news and this reason for great joy. Notice verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's a proclamation of joy because a Savior has been born. He is the promised Messiah. He is the Lord. A Savior has been born to rescue us and to reign over us. A Savior, a Savior, Jesus, has been born and he will deliver all those who repent of their sins and turn to him in faith. It was foreshadowed and anticipated in the Old Testament through the deliverance that God would accomplish and had accomplished for Israel and their bondage has now come to its fulfillment in the birth of this child. Throughout the Old Testament, Israel was in need of a Savior. While slaves in Egypt, God raised up Moses to deliver his people out of their bondage in Egypt in order that they might serve God. While in the promised land, in the days of Judges, when Israel continued to disobey God, and there was this downward spiral over and over of them living in sin. God then handed them over to their enemy, and then God would raise up little saviors, judges, to save them out of the hand of those who plundered them. According to Nehemiah 9, 27, having killed the prophets who warned them to turn back to God, they're, they're given into the hand of their enemies who made them suffer. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you, and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors who saved them from the hand of their enemies. A common theme for Israel, deliverance and rescue from the enemy. The title given to God in, in Luke one forty seven is now given to this baby boy, Savior. He's the promised anointed one, the king who would rule and rescue his people from their sins. And the sign is then given to the shepherds. They would find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The purpose of the sign is to identify who this child is, indicating where they could find him and verify the proclamation that this baby really is Christ the Lord. After the proclamation of joy is given here to the shepherds by the angel, we're then drawn into this great, grand celebration of a multitude of angels. And that's what we see here in our second point. It's a proclamation of peace. The angels now proclaim peace, a message of peace. And notice verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the scene shifts. It shifts from one angel's proclamation to the shepherds to now this multitude of angels filling the night sky, proclaiming God's glory and peace on earth to men. The song of the angels is a proclamation of the results of the birth of Jesus. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom he is pleased. 
The message of Christ's birth is good news of great joy because it's a message of peace. The angels proclaim peace with God. With this announcement, they're acknowledging that there isn't, there wasn't peace with God on earth. To have peace... And to be at peace is more than the ending of strife. It's a word that's used to indicate all the blessings that are ours in Christ, brought about through his arrival. It's tied to salvation and the blessings that flow from it. To proclaim that peace is now on earth reminds us of the consequences of sin. Because of their sin, because of our sin, we are separated from God. Right? Separated from God because of our sin. Alienated from God and deserving of his wrath. No peace. But in Christ and his sacrificial death on the cross, we now have access to God through faith in Jesus. We are forgiven of our sins. We are reconciled and restored brought back into a right relationship with God. And with the arrival of this child, there can now be peace between God and man. Peace is given then to those with whom God is pleased. This peace is not merited. It's not earned. It's a gift. It's a gift, undeserved, freely given to those who trust in Jesus for salvation. Peace comes to those who humbly hear about the arrival of the Savior, receive this good news with great joy as they place their faith in Jesus alone. So the question now, how will these shepherds respond? Will they receive the message of the birth of Christ? Will it be good news of great joy for them? Resulting in peace? Will they respond like Zechariah in chapter 1 with unbelief? Will they respond like Mary who submitted to God's plan and, and praised God for the birth of Jesus? The birth of Jesus demands a response from the shepherds and it also demands a response from us. Third and final point, the proper response Notice, look with me now at verses 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The proclamation of joy and peace and of the good news of the birth of this child had affected the shepherds. It was a life-changing announcement 
This good news of the birth of a Savior demanded a response, and it had a, a proper effect on the lives of these shepherds. They responded in three ways. You're not surprised by three. Three ways they respond to this message now proclaimed by the angels. Number one, they sought the Lord. In verse 15, after the angels depart, the shepherds declare to one another that they must go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They, they recognize that they need to investigate it. They need to check it out for themselves and go to Bethlehem. So what do they do? They go to Bethlehem. They went with haste, which identifies that their search for this child had a sense of urgency. They were diligent in their pursuit. With haste, in earnestness, with, without delay, they, they run, they sprint to Bethlehem. And they find Mary, and they find Joseph, and they find the baby lying in a manger. They find Jesus. They seek him, and they find him. You see, it's not enough to hear the message only. Knowing the truth is not enough. They wanted to see him. They, they wanted to, to find him. They wanted to verify what they had been told was actually true. This is a reminder then to inquire in, of God's word, inquire into the truth of this good news that we have heard. It's a reminder to go to the Bible to seek and find Jesus in the pages of Scripture and how it points to him. The right response is to seek after Jesus. One writer adds, I think he's right. I, I, think, I think this is what happens so often in our own day. Right? We know the story. He says, it's not enough to hear about Jesus. It's not enough to peek into the manger and say, oh, how nice. What a lovely scene. It gives me such good feelings. The truth is, even if Christ were born a thousand times in Bethlehem, but not within you, you would be eternally lost. The Christ who was born into the world must be born in your heart. Religious sentiment, even at Christmas time, without the living Christ, is a yellow brick road to darkness. I think that's well said. We must not only hear the good news about the birth of Jesus, but that truth must then cause us to pursue him, where we find him as our soul's delight and reward. And we don't stop there. The shepherds didn't stop there. They proclaim him. The second way we respond to the proclamation of joy and peace is to proclaim Jesus, right? to proclaim Christ. They receive the proclamation and announcement, and now they go make a proclamation and announcement. They don't keep it to themselves. When someone has good news to share, they can't keep it in. Whether it's sharing the news about an engagement or birth of a child or a new Christmas present, Children, right? They recognize this. They receive some new Christmas present on Christmas morning. They're excited and they want to share and tell others about it. 
whatever it might be, good news is not meant to be held in. It's meant to be highlighted. It's meant to be proclaimed and shared with others so they can then participate in it as well. And that's what the shepherds do here in verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And when they proclaimed the good news about this child, that he is the Savior, he's Christ the Lord, it had an effect on others as well, didn't it? It came with specific results of those who heard. All who heard it wondered. They were amazed and astonished. Mary, but Mary treasured it. She pondered it in her heart. She, she valued these things. She kept, kept them in her mind in order that she might grow in understanding of the truth. So the lesson that we can take away from this is that when we become convinced of the truth concerning Christ as our Savior and Lord, we'll want to communicate this truth to others. Maybe you don't know what to say. Well, what did I say, Sean? It's, simple. it's as simple as sharing your story. It's what the shepherds do here. They told about what had happened concerning this child. But perhaps it's something like this. We're out in the field. We're watching over our flock at night. And then, and then we get this announcement from this, this angel, and, and he tells us about this child that's been born to us, a Savior. He, he's Christ the Lord. He, he's this promised king who would come rescue us and reign over us. It's good news of great joy. It results in peace with God. And we were told that we'd find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. That's how we'd know. So we believed it, and then we went. We told each other, let's, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So we go, we make our way there, we search it out, and it's true. And here we are. It can be that simple. Let's continue to make Christ known in hope that others might come to know Christ and make him known. The final response, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds returned to their jobs. As they did so, they glorified and praised God for all that had been revealed to them. They returned to their business, changed and transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. Their hearts were filled with joy. They gave glory to God and they praised him. The proper response is to rejoice in God for sending a Savior who came to this earth to die on a cross to rescue us from sin and death. The proper response is to overflow with praise for what God has revealed to us as we return to our normal daily lives and circumstances that God has placed us in, 
is not calling all of us to go do full-time ministry, right? Maybe he's calling someone here, though. He's calling all of us to go to our jobs changed, transformed because of Jesus. The proper response to Jesus Christ is to pursue him, proclaim him, praise him. So the question for each of us this Christmas season is this. How will you respond to Jesus? What will you do with this birth announcement? Let's go to him, trust in him, and give glory to God because of the little baby lying in a manger. The Savior of the world who came to die so that we might have life and peace. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we ponder in our hearts the birth scene of Jesus, the announcements proclaimed to shepherds, that good news of great joy is here for all the people. For unto you a Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord. The announcement of this good news for us is for all of us. Whether we're religious, whether we're the prodigal son or prodigal child, whether we're a grandparent, whether we're a child, whether we're single or married, a Savior has been born. And as we ponder that, as we reflect upon these realities, we do pray that, that we would have this right response as we consider the shepherds. We'd pursue Jesus. We'd seek him out. We'd proclaim Jesus. We'd make known what he has done for us. And that we would praise you and glorify you as we go to the places that you have called us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand as we sing our final song.